0: Welcome to the Journey Church podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Man, y'all. Listen. Oh, it disappeared. That's all right. We got some other ones around here. Here we go. Here we go. That's all good. How's everybody doing? Come on, church. How you doing? There we go. Perfect. 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 I love it. Man, we are beginning a brand new series that's actually going to take us probably through uh, July. Um, and I'm excited about it because I, I feel like it's a timely message. It's always good to feel good about your message. Amen. Amen. When you're preaching, come on, y'all. When you're preaching to a congregation, it's always good to feel good about the message you're going to be preaching. That's a good thing, right? Amen. So we're, we're beginning a brand new series uh, this week called Don't Drink the Poison. Don't Drink the Poison. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever noticed that just about everything that we have, everything that's made, comes with some kind of label on it, doesn't it? Some kind of warning label that tells you the appropriate way to use something and the inappropriate way to use something, right? Usually it's telling you if you use this the wrong way, if you abuse this, if you abnormally use this, it can have dire consequences, right? Sometimes those warnings are pretty silly. But do you know why they have those warnings? As silly as they are, because someone has done it. Doesn't that make sense? So if you would, look, I got a couple of little slides I want to show you real quick. These are legitimate war- warnings that are posted everywhere. So go ahead and bring, just, just go ahead and random. So they, look, a baby stroller. Do y'all see the warning right here? It says, caution, remove child before folding. <laughs> yeah. Why do they have to put that on there? Because someone folded their kid up in a, in a, in a, in a stroller, Y'all, y'all understand that's why they have these, right? Let's show me another one right here. How about this one? Caution, do not use while sleeping. Some of us get cold at night. We need to be warmed up. All right, next one, here, uh, power drill. Caution, this product is not intended for you to be used as a dental drill. Thank you, Jesus. You show up to the dentist and he has one of those, you're going to leave, right? I mean, caution, show me another. Caution, harmful if swallowed. Who? Who did that like who, who okay next one caution not intended for highway use <laughs> church church someone used it on the highway right go ahead next one all right caution do not iron while wearing shirt that was for an iron-on shirt y'all know what you iron graphics on right for an iron on sh- do not wear do not iron while wearing shirt is there another one on there jet ski. okay here we go never use a lit match or open flame to check fuel level it's happened it's happened is there another one is that it that's it, that's it. so you know sometimes these these warnings they kind of seem silly right they don't seem like they like really does somebody really really use that right but then there are other warnings where they're legitimate like you look at them and you go that's a pretty serious deal right so like when you look at like um clorox for instance You know on Clorox, on the back of it, it says, do not ingest, right? How many of you know what happens if you ingest Clorox? Church, you you go see Jesus, okay? If you ingest Clorox, you go see Jesus. Do not drink the what? The poison. Do not drink the poison. Crazy story, when my my sister was younger, I have two sisters, right? One's about 18 months younger than me. The other one's seven years younger than me. My, My little sister... We we were growing up in this house, and there was our neighbors. Our neighbors beside us had a a young man that lived there, right? And they had a a. a Uh, cousin or something that came over right and and the cousin that lived besides me that might be watching right now you know you are wrong right but but the cousin the older lady she the older girl she came over and played and they were really mean to my little sister and and uh and, and one day this is legitimate one day um my sister came back home and she told my mom she said they were trying to get me to drink this stuff and, and so my mom was like, well, what were they trying to get you to drink, Ashley? What was it they were trying to get you to drink? She said, I don't know, but it looks like that. And she, she points to the Clorox bottle that my mom had sitting on there. They had tried to get my little sister to drink Clorox. True story. That's some demented stuff, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, they tried to get her to drink Clorox. And we would look at something like this, and we would go, man, that's crazy, right? Let me see if I can open this up. There we go. So we... We would look at this, and we would go, well, that's crazy. We would never allow somebody to give somebody else poison, would we? Yeah. In that moment, if I had been there, this is all before Jesus, but if I had been there, right, y'all know something would have went down. My mom went over there. Man, she was hot. She flew hot. Her, their kids tried to poison my, my little sister. We would never allow somebody else to do that, right? Yeah. But you know what? We don't really ever stop ourselves from doing it, do we? No one would sit here and, and, and take a, it's strong. No one will sit here and, and take a sip of bleach. We're, we're n- we all know that's not wise, but, but what about when we do it to ourselves? We maybe don't necessarily drink bleach, but we drink poison, y'all. We drink poison, and no one has to make us do it. We choose to do it ourselves. We choose to do it ourselves. We're not talking about bleach, what we're talking about today, and this is what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks. And please listen, if you're a note taker, take notes, take pictures of the slides, go back, do it, whatever you got to do. But take notes, because this is what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about offense. Because when we harbor offense, when we take a hold of offense, when we grab a hold of offense in our lives, it is like pouring ourselves a nice big tall glass of bleach and taking some big old sips. We're gonna be talking about offense. Let me make a 100% factual statement. Do you ever find it funny when someone says that? Let me tell you the truth, as opposed to lying to me all the other times let me make a 100 percent factual statement and here it is you ready you will be at some point or will have at some point the opportunity to be offended you get that church you will have an opportunity to be offended offense will happen it's going to happen Jesus when he walked around with his disciples did some incredible miracles wouldn't you guys agree right come on church talk back to me wouldn't you agree Right, so Jesus did some incredible things with his disciples. They walked with him for three years, and they saw him do incredible things like like heal the sick, heal leopards. Leopards, leopards. Y'all know there were leopards in the Bible? Lepers. They healed leopards and healed the sick. And he would raise the dead, right? He did miracles like turn water into wine, right? And speak about fish on the right side of the boat as opposed to left. He did some incredible things in his ministry. And the disciples walked alongside of them. No doubt they were amazed and they marveled. Man, this is incredible. But do you know that there wasn't only but one time, there's only one time where the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. And it wasn't when Jesus looked at them and said, now that you've seen all the things that I'm doing, now go ahead and take two, right? Y'all go two by two and you go out together and you do the exact same thing that I've been doing. You heal the sick. Jesus, you want us to do the exact same thing you've been doing? And he says, go and heal the sick. And at that moment, they didn't say, oh, Lord, you're Jesus. You're perfect. You need to increase our faith in order for us to do that. As a matter of fact, they went out and they did the exact same thing. And they came running back to Jesus and go, holy moly, man, you're right. It works. And it's incredible. And it's amazing. And it's awesome. There was only one time, one moment recorded where the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And do you know what that one moment had to do with? Not miracles. It had to do with offense. It had to do with forgiveness. Look what it says in, in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Actually, it's probably Luke chapter 17, isn't it? Did I give you that one? Is it 1? Oh, I don't think it's 1. I think it's 17. I'm pretty sure. But this is what it says. Y'all can follow along. This is what it says. It says, and then he said to his disciples, then he said to his disciples, my bad, John, I know I think you're wrong scriptures. It says, and then he said to his disciples, it is impossible. Y'all say impossible. Come on. It is impossible that no offenses shall come. It's impossible for no offenses to come, right, for, that no offenses will come. It says, but woe to him through whom they come. Now, if you ever read Jesus' uh, teachings and some of the words, he says, y'all know that Jesus spoke using a lot of hyperbole, right, exaggerated speech, right? Jesus didn't really advocate for people cutting off their hands. He didn't advocate for people plucking out their eyeballs. Y'all understand that, right? He used exaggerated speech to drive a, a point home. And this is what he says. He said, it is impossible that no offense shall come. He said, but woe to him who, threw they, who who they come. In verse 2, it says, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and thrown into the sea. That got really mafioso there, didn't it? Yeah, right? It says, and thrown into the sea, then, then, that he should, or then that he should offend one of these little ones. Verse 3, it says, take heed to yourselves. If you, sorry, if your brother sins against you, watch, watch, watch. If your brother sins against you, you rebuke him. And if he repents, you forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, I'm sorry, I've changed my mind. He says, you shall, what? Forgive, forgive awesome you shall I was like man they know their bible man they all quoted that right there right (laughs) you shall forgive them verse 5 it says and the apostles said to the Lord increase our what church increase our faith some of us we don't like to hear that some of us we don't really like to hear that that we're to forgive somebody if they've wronged us more than once. We, some of us, we kind of live, some of us, some of us, and maybe sometimes the pastor, kind of live like this. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, I'm going to throw a punch you, right? <laughs> Anybody else kind of feel like that at some point? Right. But, but Jesus said, listen, not once do you forgive them, not twice do you forgive them, but 70 times seven, 300 and some odd numbers. I'm public school math. 300 and some odd numbers. In, the, in a day, you should, you should forgive. You see the word Offense there is, is important. The word offense there in, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it's the Greek word scandalon. Y'all say skandalon. scandalon. It's the Greek word scandalon. He said, It is impossible that no scandalons will happen. It is impossible that no scandalons will happen. Now, scandalon is a movable stick or a trigger of a trap, a snare, a person by which one is entrapped by sin. Listen, when I got married, right, so I moved into this little hundred and like 30-year-old farmhouse right before I got married. And it was this little house off of this road called Rochambeau, road up in Toano, Virginia, which is country, y'all, country. There was horses in my backyard right? And at Christmas time, the people who owned the house used to decorate this house with Christmas lights, more lights than Vegas. We used to call it the little love chapel, right? Because that's what it looked like at nighttime. It was lit up like a Christmas tree. And I lived in that house for about six months, eight months before I got married. And then I got married and uh, my wife moved in and she did not like having roommates. And what I mean by roommates is I mean mice, we had mice it was a hundred year old house with that where that where the, where the dishwasher went and the countertop you can move the curtain back and you can see down into the hole of the house underneath the house so we had mice all the time well i got used to just setting traps i got really good at setting traps and i would kill about three mice a day And there yeah it's fine you kill them you get them out and next you set them up for the next batch and i learned something important and valuable is this that mice don't like cheese that that is propaganda they don't like cheese. They love peanut butter. And so I got really good at setting m- m- the, the m- m- mouse traps with peanut butter, right? And you take it and you put the peanut butter on the little trigger of the trap right there and you set it and you get it all laid out. And when they come and they grab the peanut butter, what happens? They go see Jesus, right? They, they move the peanut butter and you hear, pop, they go see Jesus, we got married. We lived there three months, and Kim found us an apartment that cost twice as much. It had no mice. This is what this word offense means. It's, the little, it's a little trigger on the mouse trap. That's what offense is. He said it's a possible that offenses won't come. There are going to be little, little triggers right there that if you give in to them, if you grab a hold of them, if you try to take something off of it, it's going to snap the trap. And you're going to get caught in a snare. But whose snare? The Bible says in 2 Timothy, it says the snare of the enemy. We're going to get caught in the snare of the enemy. When when offense arises, and it's going to arise for every one of us in the room, when offense arises, we have a choice. We can look at it. It happens. Poison happens, y'all. Offense is going to happen, y'all. But it's more about what you do with it. It's more about what you, you do with it. The enemy, we, we give credit, I think sometimes, we give way too much credit for the enemy, right? We, we, we almost look at, at the devil and, and Jesus as if they are uh, opposing forces, that they're the same on opposite ends, right? That they have as much power as Jesus. But it, that's not true. The devil doesn't have power, y'all. He is powerless, y'all. Y'all get it? He was defeated. He was defeated by the cross of Jesus Christ. He is powerless, but he has a powerful trick. He has a very powerful trick, and that powerful trick is offense. You see, if he can get us offended, if he can get us to move in and and to live offended, then he can go on about his business doing something else for somebody else because we will self-destruct on our own. You see, offense, it eats you up from the inside out. What causes poison to kill you when you ingest it is that it eats you up from the inside out. And that's what offense does. Typically, there are three things that that cause offense, probably more than anything in the church today. Y'all know these three things, right? Three things that cause offense. Politics, race, right, and gender. Those three topics are breeding grounds for offense. Are they things that we shouldn't talk about? Absolutely not. You should absolutely talk about them. But they are the three triggers, man. Those three things cause more offenses than anything else. And y'all, if you don't realize it, man, right now, we're we're in the month of June. And if you didn't know this, this is is Pride Month in the month of June, right? It's Pride Month, and the the country's dealing with tremendous racial tensions, and we're five months out from an election. Y'all don't think there's opportunity to be offended? There's tremendous opportunity to be offended. Jesus said you're going to experience offense. As long as you're living, you're going to come face to face with offense, but it's what you do with it. There are two stages to offense. Now, I want you, if you're a note taker in here, write this down. There are two stages to offense, right? The first is the feeling of offense, y'all, the feeling of offense. This is the feeling you get when offense comes into your life. Something happens, someone did something to you that made you feel overlooked or taken advantage of. And it's sitting there right in front of you. You're looking at it. Do you know what? See, offense comes because you're human. Offense is an emotional thing. You're going to experience it. You, you ever not been invited to a party? One time, I got, one time I got invited to a party, y'all, on Facebook. They sent and they added me to a group. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And then I realized that they created a group like four months before they added me. And there's already like 120 people in the group. I know. I was like, I had a moment. I was—that's what I was doing. I was looking at. It. I had a choice. I had an option. I'm like, four months after the after you created the group four months ago, you just thought about me. What, what happened? Anybody else been there? The feeling of offense is going to ha- come because you're human. It's not something you can control. Everyone feels offended at some point. That's stage one, the feeling of offense. But it's not the feeling of of offense that that hurts us. It's it's what we do with it. Stage two is the, the choice to live or not to live offended. This is the part that we need to grab a hold of. The choice to live or not live offended. This is the stage that a lot of us aren't aware of. Because we assume that because I had a feeling of offense, I'm already offended. No, no, no. It's when you take a hold of that. It's when you grab a hold of it. Man, they have these traps. You know, go back. to You ever watch National Geographics, Right? The mouse trap, the trigger, it locks you down. But they had these, these uh, tribal people I was watching one time, and they had this, these tribal people there, and they had these type of traps that, that, that it was set for monkeys because I like to eat monkeys brains and so they set these traps for these monkeys and they would set this awesome stuff inside of this trap and the monkey would go in there and he would reach his hand into the trap and he would grab a hold of the trigger the scandal on the offense the, the 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 thing and do you know how they caught the monkey he wouldn't let go He wouldn't let go he was holding the stick and he was holding on to it and the monkey would see the people walking up to him with the clubs and then the monkey would start freaking out freak out and they would come over and they go they had monkey for dinner because the monkey wouldn't let go of the stick you see that's what taking offense is we can have these feelings but it's what we do with it there's a difference between feeling offended and living Offended. It's the difference between looking at the poison and drinking the poison. And when we choose not to take a hold of it, when we choose not to own it, we got four weeks of this, it's gonna be good, guys. When we choose not to take a hold of it, we make the choice by default to live in peace. You see, offense will rob you of your peace. And do you know what happens when your, when your peace is gone? Anybody ever had a chaotic moment? This is not all lies. Yo, listen, the last four months, anybody had a chaotic moment? When your peace goes away, what happens? It affects every part of you, doesn't it? When your peace goes away, it affects your mental state. When your peace goes away, it affects your health. It affects your body. Some of us got the quarantine 15, 20, 25, 30 because our peace went away. When we choose to drink the poison, when we choose to take a little offense, we lose our peace. It, it's a mind issue, guys. It works from the inside out. That's how peace works. You know, Paul, when he wrote to the church of Philippi while he was on house arrest and he was arrested for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he gets a chance as a Roman soldier to send out a letter, and so he sends out a letter to the church of Philippi, and instead of whining about how horrible and miserable his time in jail was, right, instead of doing that, he writes them a letter on joy and mentions the word joy some 20-odd times in the book of uh, Philippians. And there's this one part in Philippians where he says this. He says, listen, church, he says, be anxious in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. He says, be anxious for nothing. Right. Do not be anxious about anything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done and watch. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, the peace that doesn't make sense to the world that you live in will do something. It will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. It goes from the inside out. You cannot be peaceful from the outside in. You are peaceful from the inside out. Do you get it? It's like losing weight. You lose weight from the inside out. You get healthy from the inside out. When you're healthy on the inside, the outside of your body gets healthy. And so when we grab a hold of that trap or we grab a hold of that, that offense, we pick up that big glass of, of, of poison and we slam it back. We cut ourselves off from others and we cut ourselves off from God. Now, hear what I'm saying, church. Hear what I'm saying. God has never called off from you. You understand that God's never cut off from you. God doesn't ever stop being involved in your life. He's going to be involved in your life all the time. He's that, that annoying friend, right? In moments and times where you don't really want him around, he's going to show up in some kind of awesome way. That's the way God works. But when I say you grab a hold of fence and you're cut off from God, you cut yourself off from receiving from God. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19. It says this, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate with locked bars. You see, when we get offended, something happens. When we get offended, we begin to build walls in our lives. Somebody hurts us. Someone says something to us. Someone adds us to a group four months after they should have. And and so what happens are we, we start building walls. And you know why we build walls? We build walls because we don't want to be hurt again. We build walls because we want to keep people out. Because that's what walls do well, don't they, church? They keep things out. And when you go back and you study in the, in, in the in scripture and you study the Old Testament cities, they, they begin to build walls around their cities to protect themselves from attackers. Y'all remember the, the, the Israelites when they went into the land of Canaan and they walked around this city called what church? Jericho. Sunday so school, you get five points for you. So, Jericho. They marched around Jericho, around the walls of Jericho, and the walls came crashing down. All the cities at that time had walls because walls were a form of protection. And you know what happened over time is that military armies, they became smart, and they realized the very thing that you set up to protect you is the very thing we're going to use to defeat you. And so there's a thing called besieging, if you Reading in the New King James, the King James version of the Bible, it's the word "besieged." And you will hear it often, it says, and such and such besieged the city. And such and such besieged the city. Do you know what, you know what besieged means? This is what, they, this is what they did. When they would besiege a city, the army would surround the city. And you know what they did? They surrounded the city and they cut off the inflow and they cut off the outflow. You see, I can surround the city. They might have some food, but eventually that food, what? Runs out. And you see, we can, it, the longer we can hang out on the outside, It's only a matter of time before they die on the inside. You see, what happened in the city is they they couldn't get nutrients. They couldn't get food into the city. You know what else happened in the city? When people began to die, they couldn't dispose the bodies outside the city. So, So disease began to run rampant inside the city. Famine would begin to run rampant inside the city. And the very thing that ended up ruining the city was the very thing they erected to keep themselves safe. The same thing happens when we grab a hold of a fence. When someone doesn't say something we agree with. Right When someone doesn't agree with us, y'all listen, you're going to run into people who don't agree with you. It's okay. They're not going to agree with you. They're not going to like the same things you like. What do we do with that? Do we grab that big glass of of poison and slam it back? You're going to die from the inside out. Those walls stop the inflow and they stop the outflow. They stop the inflow and they stop the outflow. It cuts you off. And you see, at that point when I start holding on to a fence and I'm holding on to it and I'm refusing to let go of it, you see what happens when you begin to look at people is you judge them. I don't want to try to get too far into this here, but you judge them. And when you pass a bad judgment on them, you, build a, you give them a crooked foundation. And then everything else that they do after that is built on that crooked foundation. And before long, the person you think they are is not even the person they really are. It takes a toll on your mental health, and it's devastating. Man, we begin to write scripts. We write scripts, and we end up doing more damage, more damage oftentimes than the actual event that took place. Did y'all know that? Did you know that your mind cannot determine between an event that actually happens and an event you run a script on in your head? Did you know that? Did you know that? It can't determine... If you follow a script out in your head, it doesn't know that it's not happening in real life. There's there's some scripture that backed that up. Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you've already what? Church, committed adultery with her. If you're angry with your brother, church, if you're angry with your brother, he says, you've already committed murder. You're you're in danger of going before the council, going before the courts and facing the judge. Because eventually what you do on the inside is going to be what? What you do on the outside. The script that you run on the inside will be the script you live out on the outside. We relieve relieve, these offenses over and over and over again. And our minds respond to it as if it's happening again and again and again. And so why is it so important to begin to grab a hold of offense and and this whole thing about offense? Why is it important? Because when we choose to live offended it stops us from living as Jesus. Hear me. When we choose to live offended, it stops us from living as Jesus. Do you know the Bible says, and Paul said this, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-9, it goes on and says, you are saved by grace through faith and not of works, at least any man should boast, right? And then he goes in verse 10, he says, and you are God's what? Workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he planned long ago. And when we allow ourselves to be offended, when we grab a hold of that glass of poison and we choose to toss it back, it stops us in our tracks from being able to live out and accomplish the plans that God had had for us long ago. we stop living as Jesus. When we choose to live offended, we stop living as Jesus. And you are too important to not live as Jesus. Can I just tell you that you are way too important to not live as Jesus. You have people I you have people in your life that will only come to know Jesus because of your influence. They'll never come sit here in church. They may never even log on to our live stream at all. But because you interact with them on a daily basis, you have the ability to introduce them to the prince of peace that can give them peace in their life. You can introduce them to the one who can restore their health, to the one that can restore their marriage, to the one that can restore every part about their life. You matter too much to the kingdom of God to not live like Jesus I got a bunch more, but, you know, we'll hold it. We'll stop there. We got a couple weeks. Amen. Jesus said offense is going to come, and we saw that there are two stages for offense, the feeling of offense and the choice of living or not living offended, and that we saw that offense will stop us from living as Jesus. You know, as we begin to kind of walk through this over the next couple of months, it's going to come back to everything you already know we teach. It's going to come back to everything you already know we teach, which is the love of God. Sometimes we say, well, I'm looking for more information. The church doesn't have an information problem. We have an application problem. Do you get it? We have an application problem. If we can just start applying the things that we already know, our lives would be different. And so here's the challenge for you as we, as we wrap up week one of this. I want you to go, and I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and I want you to camp on that this week. I want you to meditate on that this week. Meditate on it. What does love look like? What does love look like to you? What does love look like flowing through you? And let's just start there. Let's start there. Do me a favor, would you bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're at home, just go ahead and close your eyes. If you're watching online, and let me just pray for you as we wrap. I know sometimes a a message like this is not a, a super exciting message to hear because it begins to stretch us and challenge us. But that's a good thing. We should leave church. We should leave the moment that we have together changed. We should leave the moment that we have together seeing God in a new way, seeing ourselves in a new way, seeing our neighbors in a new way. And so, church, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I thank you for every person who is in this room right now, every person watching online. I just pray in the name of Jesus, God, that, that your love would be experienced in a tangible way, God. Father, those of us who are holding on to offense, Father, the person preaching the message, if we're holding on, if I'm holding on to offense, Lord, show me the areas, God, where I've I've grabbed a hold of that big glass of poison. Show me the areas, Father, that I can release, that I can take your love and apply it to that area. Father, I thank you for moving in us. God, for beginning to prepare us. God, for preparing us to, to experience you in a new way to begin to have conversations that lead to life change and not conversations that lead to heartache. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in online. And uh, we will catch you next week.